the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Goodbye, Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. I want to invite our attention to the, the book of James, chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. The word of the Lord reads, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Amen. We've been on a journey preaching through a series of messages entitled, Don't Underestimate the Power of Prayer. We started on this journey in Philippians chapter 4, and we preached from the idea prayer brings joy, rejoicing, and peace. We moved from there to Ephesians chapter 6 and said prayer allows you to withstand the assaults of the enemy. Third part was Matthew chapter 7 and preached about petition, prayer, power. First Kings chapter 18 led us through our fourth part of the series entitled prayer will end the drought last Sunday we were in first Samuel chapter 1 and we preached from the idea prayer can get you pregnant and that was not just for women but that was for men too because some of us need to know that prayer has the potential and the power to impregnate you with the vision of God and all we need to do is get in position to deliver what God has deposited. So on today we find ourselves here in the book of James. James is written by the brother of Jesus. He's writing to Christian Jews who've been dispersed and dispatched about around the empire of Rome. He writes with a focus on practical Christian living. How do you live this Christian life in a practical way? But he has a stronger focus in this idea of living practically as a Christian on us serving each other, if you will, in faith to one another with a devoted service to each other. In other words, he wants us to know and understand that we have an obligation 
and a responsibility to one another in the body of Christ to serve each other. And in our serving of one another, in our ministry to one another, it is proof of the faith we have in the God that we serve. So he writes with that idea in mind, and in this final cluster of exhortations, exhortations that he gives here in the book of James, he focuses on the power and the necessity of prayer, specifically as it relates to the sick. I'm not just talking about the normal maladies that we would focus on, but some of the sicknesses that we have have to do more with our character than our physical being. And so he is trying to help us understand that we have available to us the power of prayer to give attention to this particular issue. In this sixth and final part of this series of messages, I want to talk from the subject matter, proper prayer avails much. James asks a question, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anybody enduring hardship, misfortune, physical pain, distress, or in trouble? Anybody going through something that is requiring of you to endure the pain? Let him pray. Now, uh, the question is, why pray? What's prayer got to do with it? Amen. And the reason one would ask that question is because they have underestimated the power of prayer. Suffering and distress, pain and hardship, misfortune and trouble, any of these represent a host of issues that we might be going through. It might have to do with the relationship with your wife, with your husband, with your children, might have to do with your job, might have to do with your money, might have to do with your retirement, your health concerns, might have to do with any of these kind of issues. It could be a multitude of things that have brought us to a place where we're suffering. But the resolution that the text gives to all of our suffering maladies is let him pray. It doesn't say call the pastor on this issue. It says let him. That's you. Male, female, let him pray. If you're going through something, James says you need to pray. Let him go into personal private, passionate conversation with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and talk to him about your malady. Talk to him about your suffering. Talk to him about your distress and your pain. I know it's hard to talk to God because you don't think nobody's listening, but he's waiting to hear from you. Matter of fact, let me say this. You can minimize your suffering if you talk to the one who conquered all the suffering. Men, we like power tools because they do things faster. I mean, it just does something to you. I don't know what it is. It just does something to you when you work with power tools. And one of the things I've learned is that a power tool without power has very little benefit to the user. I'm trying to help us here because I want us to grab a hold to this that we have been underestimating the power of the power tool that we possess because we've been trying to use it without plugging it in to a power source. 
What you need to do when you pray, don't just be praying in the air. But when you pray, you need to plug into God. And when you plug into him, something different happens to the power tool. The text says, if anybody among you is suffering, let him plug in to the power source and talk to the one. Have conversation with the one who has power to cause the tool called prayer to be enormously effective. He not only says, is it, if anybody is suffering, he comes back and he says, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Now, just in case you thought that he was going to a whole nother subject matter, let me fold this in for your benefit, that when there is joy in your heart, prayer can also be a psalm singing time. Because all prayer ought not be, God, give me, give me, give me. Some of your prayer time needs to be praise time. If you praise them in the middle of it, if you start worshiping in the middle of it, if you get on your knees and talk to God and start praising God in the middle of it, it'll handle the malady. Sometimes our prayer is short-circuiting and we're tripping breakers instead of getting the power that we need for our situation. And sometimes we're so used to now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayers. And can I just help somebody? Ain't no power in now I lay me down to sleep. You just running around with a power tool playing like a five-year-old with totty tot toys. You ain't got no power in now I lay me down to sleep. You better passionately, intimately talk to the father who has power. Let him pray. He comes back in verse number 14. He says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray. I need to say this because folk get sick and don't tell nobody and they get mad because no elders showed up. Now, we've been praying, but God doesn't always give us your address and the time that you don't feel well. Amen. We might not know you in the hospital, but if you call somebody... The text even tells you to call them, so you got to let somebody know that I'm going through, that I'm sick in the first place. Don't you dare think that we are too busy to come pray for you. Because if we're too busy to pray, what are we busy doing? And if you don't value having them come pray for you, you've underestimated the power of prayer. And I know what you're saying, well, Pastor, I can pray for myself. Well, that was in verse 13. If you're suffering, pray for yourself. But if you want to get healed, call the elders. Verse 14. Call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The power is not in the oil. The power is in the name. But the elders have to be plugged in to the power. So when they anoint you, it's not the oil, but it's the power from the name. Anybody sick here today? One sister. Sister Thoman. Now, Pastor Pew, you help me. Let's say me and Pastor Pew have come to Sister Thoman's house. I can't wait till I get here to start fidgeting around with the plug. 
I need to be already plugged in with power. I need to already be infused with electricity from God. Pew needs to be already. He can't say, well, this pastor going to be the one praying. I don't need no power. No, we need both of us to be 110 volts, 110 volts. And if I add somebody else, another 110 volts. I wish I had somebody that understood. If I can get enough voltage in the prayer, I don't care what she's going through. Prayer has the power to heal her. So the Bible says, y'all stay with me. Hold this just a minute. I need to anoint her with oil. And then with the power of God in the name of the Lord. Anoint her and pray God in your most powerful name. Heal her. Remove her sickness. In the name of Jesus. I know you can do it. In the name of Jesus. And the text says, when they pray, she's healed. Thank you, Sister Thoman. Thank you. You go back to your seat healed. Not because I said so. Because I did what the Bible says. I'm stupid enough. I'm foolish enough to believe what the word of God said. The text says, when they pray, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Watch this. And the prayer of faith. See, our prayer had to be one of faith. I can't pray like, well, Lord, maybe you might be able to do this. No, I'm praying in faith that I know he can. And the prayer of faith, it'll heal him. Oh, my God. It'll save the sick. And the Lord will raise them up. And on top of that, if they've committed any sin, Lord Jesus, I'm talking about the power of prayer right now. If any sin was in her life, I didn't ask her did she have any sin, but the Bible says if she had any sin, which brought about the consequence of her sickness, then the sin would even be forgiven. Now, I need to tell y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. Theologically speaking, I had problems with that text because my theology says she needs to confess her own sin. Help me, Lord Jesus. When I began to study and I began to meditate and I began to see what God was saying is whatever has brought on the sickness, if the sin brought on the sickness, I can't heal the sickness until I remove the sin. And so on the faith of the prayers of the elders, I will remove the sin issue so the consequences of the sin that is sickness is removed first. Now, I need to say something. I didn't start this. I'm not starting no new doctrine. Jesus did the same thing. He healed folk and told them, your sin is forgiven after he healed them. He didn't say, now, wait a minute. Now, you need to confess your sin first now. Now, in some cases, they did. But in other cases, he just healed them first by a prayer of faith. And their sin was forgiven. And he said, go and sin no more. Y'all still here with me? I'm trying to help you understand I'm staying in the context and I'm staying in the correctness of theology. I don't want y'all running around slapping oil talking about you healed in the name of Jesus, all that stuff. You to become evangelist all of a sudden and you to become the miraculous sin forgiver and start charging people and running debit cards on folk. And I need to say this too. When the elders come together, like I said, they need to be already plugged in. 
I remember going into a hospital room. It was early in the morning, probably 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. The doctor said, this person is not going to live. They've got two hours left to live. He says, you all can go in and y'all can have your prayer. Now, the doctor already has planted a seed in the heads of everybody who's listening. But I wasn't listening. I heard him, but I wasn't listening. Y'all do know there's a difference. You can hear something, but to listen means you process it. I didn't process what he said because I had another voice talking in my ear. I was already plugged in when I got to the hospital. And when I got to the hospital, God said, this sickness is not unto death. And so some of us couldn't come in the room. And so I needed those who would come in who could believe God. And when we came in the room and prayed and believed God. Now this was about eight years ago. This person is up still walking around today. If you are in the elder group and you show up for prayer and you don't have your line plugged in, be honest enough to say, my line ain't plugged in. Be honest enough to say, I have not been in prayer. Matter of fact, I'm walking contrary to God right now. And so for me to come in and pray with y'all would render your prayer less effective. I'd short circuit the prayer because I got a short in my connection. But when you get some elders, some deacons, some ministers that come together and they've been in contact with God. They've been plugged into the power of God and you have called them together. The text says when they come and pray. It says God will heal you, raise you up and if he's committed any sins it'll be forgiven. That's power. That's power like power saw power. That's power. That's power. Wake up. It's power. It's power in the house. And you walk around with all that power and not even using it. You sick, and rather than letting the word of God work on it, you suffering, and rather than you praying, you're paying therapists, going to fix it people. You suffering, let him pray. You sick, call the elders and let them pray. Prayer is powerful. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. Verse number 16 says, Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Pray for one another. Let him pray. Let them pray. Now let us pray. So now here we are. We've got issues with each other. I don't like the way you looked at me. So instead of me stabbing you, instead of me sitting on the other side of the church talking about you, Sending up messages about you on Twitter and Facebook. We need to come together and confess our issue. We've got some differences we need to confess. And if we really want the power of us praying for one another to work, we need to clear our own hearts of sin. Because that's the only way you're going to plug into the power. You can't plug into the power and you're laden down with sin. John 9, 31 says he doesn't even hear the sinner's prayers. So if I'm laying down with sin and I'm praying for you, that prayer ain't going nowhere. So now we've got to prepare ourselves by confessing our sins. Now, I know this is problematic because we don't want to tell nobody what we've been doing. 
Now, this idea here in this text is not the idea of going to a priest and dumping all your load on the priest. That's not what this is all about. This is about me and you. We got issue, and so we need to talk to one another. We've got to settle the differences between each other. I need to confess what I did to you, what you did to me, or even how I feel you treated me. Confess that thing. Then I need to confess my sin so that my line of communication can be clear with God. So now when we come together and pray and put to silence what the enemy wants to stir up between us as brothers and sisters in Christ, we can really shut it down and be healed because some of us are sick. Some of us are messed up because of some sin that somebody else did to us or some sin we've done to somebody else. Confess your sin. Then come together. And pray for each other. I had a situation this week. I'm going to confess my sin. Came home from revival. A handful of men had come to revival. I'll be honest. I was a little disappointed. All the men we got in this church, this is not the representation I felt like we should have. So maybe my first sin there is my desire over God's desire. I get home. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I turn on the news. And one of my brothers is on the news. And they're saying, oh, he's getting ready to build a new facility, $20 million, and they already got the money to pay for it. I said, wait a minute, we only trying to get $300,000. God, what's up with that? So, coveting my brother. I'm coveting what God has done in his life. That's a sin. Confess my sin. See, the only way I'm going to have power, I got to clean out the channel. Because if I'm walking around with all that, when I pray for Sister Thoman, ain't nothing happening in her life. But the reason she's going to walk back and be healed today is because I cleaned all this out before I got here. And when we pray for each other, the text says, not, not Sterling says, when we confess our sins to one another, we confess our trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, that is functional prayer. Prayer is only functional if I can really connect with God. If there's sin in my life, there's no function in the prayer. The effective, that's functional Fervent, that's power-packed. That's prayer that's plugged into the power of God. That kind of prayer avails much. What do you mean avail? It accomplishes a whole lot. It moves mountains. God said, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be done. This is the power of prayer. Do you know what Jesus did when he raised up Lazarus from the dead? He prayed. You remember when Elijah, when he went in and, and breathed over the child, he prayed. Just in case you think that that's limited to certain folk, I like what James does. James closes this out and says, look, Elijah was a man. It didn't say Elijah was a prophet. It didn't say Elijah was a holy man. It says Elijah was a man with a nature like whose? Well, watch this. What he's trying to do is make you understand Elijah on the same level that we are. Elijah has human nature. He has a nature like we are. He has a sin nature like we do. And watch what he did when he prayed. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Because a man with a nature just like yours and just like mine prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Now is that power? And that ain't the end of it. He comes back and he says, and he prayed again, verse 18. And the heavens gave rain on the earth and produced fruit. 
Why? Because a man prays to God. A man who has a nature just like yours. He prayed, it didn't rain, then he prayed and it did rain. And not only was his prayer sufficient, watch this, that the rain came, but the text says the rain came and his prayer also made fruit be produced. That's a whole lot of power that God allows to flow through a man. A whole lot more could be accomplished if we know the power we possess in prayer. Don't underestimate the power of prayer because proper prayer avails much. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Folks, our current campaign with Transworld Radio is helping bring the love of Christ and the... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.